The NBA playoffs are underway. Tiger Woods is back and Magic Johnson quits. It's win or lose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Win or Lose. Y'all know who I am by now. Hope everybody's having a great week. Been some good things going on in sports. Let's talk about it for a little bit here. He's back. Tiger Woods just won the Masters over the weekend. His long journey to come back is finally complete. He got his first major in over 11 years. First time winning the Masters since 2005. I was happy for him. I'm not going to lie to you, though. I wasn't sitting up watching it. Somebody had, you know, let me know, hey, Tiger's winning, and they're headed to the 18th hole. So I started watching from there and watched Tiger complete the victory, the comeback. Now, I'm not going to let you know I'm not a big golf guy. This might be the first and last time I talk about golf, unless Tiger wins again, you know. The closest I've come to playing 18 holes is, you know, playing putt-putt with family and friends. So I'm not a big golf guy. Don't come to me with your golf stuff. But I do like Tiger Woods. I'm not going to lie to you. I think he changed the game. Got more people watching golf who wasn't watching it to begin with. And you got to love him for that. So I was rooting for him. You know, all the injuries and all the things that kind of held him back. And it's kind of good to see him out there winning majors again. I thought Tiger's run was over. He had a lot of injuries. You know, bad back. They were saying he couldn't even walk at one point. He couldn't even sit in the cart to even, you know, watch the, you know, the Ryder Cup, be the coach for the Ryder Cup because his back was just killing him. So we kind of thought that this was the end for Tiger. He just had injury after injuries. Then all the things he went through with his wife and cheating and getting arrested for alcohol and drugs. So you pretty much thought we were seeing tiger, tigers, you know, like a downward spiral. Like it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. It wasn't good, getting good for Tiger. He took a couple of years off from golf. So we didn't know if we'd ever see Tiger back on the golf course winning majors again. He is 43 now. So he's a little up there in age. But he has 15 majors, you know, second most ever, you know, three more. He can tie Jack Nicholas. I think it can be done. You know, golf's a sport that you can play. I don't know, until your 60s. Tiger's still, you know, young enough where he can, you know, go another 10 to 15 years. Who knows? He might have five or six years left. Who knows? But this is a sport he can play a lot. And like I said, I'm happy for Tiger. But this is also one of those things that you can use in life, too. Like You can write a movie about this where you come in the game, you know, 18, 19, like Tiger did. Take over a sport. Take a, make a sport popular. You at the top of the mountain. You know, you're the guy to beat, the most famous guy in your sport. Then you go through your issues, injuries, things with your wife and family. You get humbled. Now it seems like Tiger's more relatable. That's why we root for him more. 
He had his naysayers who said he would never be this again. He wouldn't be that. He wouldn't be this. And just to prove them wrong, I'm happy for him. It just shows you you don't give up in life, when, especially when you're passionate about something. You keep going. Or you're too old to do this. Or you're too overweight to be a model. Or, you know, you hear stuff like that every day in this world. You just, you know, stick to your guns. Keep doing what you're doing. Work hard behind the scenes. They didn't see the work Tiger was putting in. They don't know what he was going through. But you come back and you win it. And you just look at everybody and smile. All the naysayers. All the haters. Everybody who got an opinion on you but you you know what you're doing like i said we can use this in life i'm happy for tiger i wish this would keep going on because we've seen signs of tiger last year he you know finished second in a couple of events and you, you kind of seen it coming but he finally put it all together got right got his body right his short game is back up to par and he's the biggest story in sports this week I'm happy for him, and I wish him the best. I hope he keeps it going. Tiger Woods is back. The NBA playoffs are off to a good start. They started over the weekend. It's been a lot of good games, a couple of upsets. It's like it's going to be a good playoff, you know, despite LeBron not being in. I think they got enough talent in the NBA to carry it on, and we should be getting a good, interesting, pretty good playoffs. Uh, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference is the Milwaukee Bucks, and their series started with the Detroit Pistons. I think the Bucks have too much for Detroit. Detroit barely squeaked into the playoffs, and as soon as they get there, right on time, you wouldn't be the playoffs if uh, Blake Griffin wouldn't be hurt and he's out for the first round. The Pistons' best player, making the most money, but just not reliable. He's never there when it's playoff time. It goes back to his days with the Clippers. And, you know, Detroit's getting, you know, what they, you know, asked for. A fragile player who's not going to come up big in the moments you need him the most. I think Milwaukee is the better team. They've been the best team in the league all year, record-wise. Bootenhoser has really turned this franchise around. Milwaukee will win this series, I think, easy. Uh, Pistons might get a game, but I don't see this being a competitive series at all. I may be wrong. I hope I'm wrong for more basketball, but I think I'm right. Milwaukee will win this series. In the 4-5 or five matchup, you got the Boston Celtics and the Indiana Pacers. On paper, Boston should win this series, and I think they will. But Indiana's going to fight you. They're going to fight you, and they're going you know, the, you know, to play tough. They're going to play hard. I just don't think they have the talent to beat Boston four times. I think Boston will ultimately win this series in either five or six games. I don't think the Patriots don't have the talent to keep up, the offensive weapons to keep up. And I was kind of rooting for them, but with Oladipo out, they kind of fell back to the middle of the pack. And I just like Boston in this series. I think Boston will move on to the second round. You got Toronto and Orlando. 
and Orlando upset Toronto in game one. It just wouldn't be the Raptors if they just didn't have a little bit of trouble in the first round. I mean, this team just can't get out of his own way when it comes to playoff time. Kyle Lowry was a no-show in game one. I don't know. Are they trying to keep Kawhi? Are they trying to run him off? I don't know what they're going to do. But I think eventually they will. You know, the better team usually wins four out of seven. This isn't the NCAA tournament with one win and, you know, you're out. They will eventually win this series in six games. I think the Raptors will win this series. And the same in the Sixers-Nets series. I thought the Nets, Nets stole game one. They, they Nets been playing hard and, and been kind of overachieving all season. They get great coaching on that Nets team. They got a lot of young guys who don't know no better. They're going to go out and play hard. They surprised the Sixers in that first game. The Sixers need to get it together, need to play with energy for the whole, you know, 48 minutes, or Jimmy Butler's going to go crazy. I think eventually the Sixers will win this series in six games. First round in the Eastern Conference. I got Milwaukee moving on. I got Boston moving on. I got the Sixers moving on. And I got the Raptors moving on. Setting up second round matchups. We'll have Milwaukee against Boston. And we'll have Toronto against Philadelphia. In the Western Conference. The Western Conference playoffs. I think it's going to be better than what people think. Now, I'm kind of disappointed we're going to get that Rockets and a Warriors matchup in the second round instead of the conference finals. But it is what it is. Houston should have handled their business. I got Golden State beating the Clippers. The Clippers Clippers will play hard. Got a lot of scrappy players. I think Golden State will win this series in five games. They're just the better team, and if they play their best and the Clippers play their best, then this isn't going to be a series. It shouldn't be a long series. You know, Boogie Cousins is out now, so that's going to hurt the Warriors a little bit, but I still think they got enough weapons to win this series. And besides, I think Bogut is the better defender anyway than Boogie, so it might help them on the defensive side of the ball. I like what the Clippers are doing. They're going to be even better next year once they be able to add a top free agent, but not this year. I got the Warriors winning that series in five. In the 4-5 matchup in the Western Conference, you got the Rockets and the Jazz. Jazz, another one of those teams that's going to play hard. It's going to come out and give it to you all, all, everything they got. I love their coach, Quinn Snyder. But just kind of like that Pacers-Celtics series, I just don't think they have enough offensive weaponry to keep up with the Rockets. They can defend. They're going to play you hard, but they I just don't think they have enough weapons to score with Houston. I think the Rockets will eventually win this series in five or six games. I'm thinking six, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's five good competitive games, but the Rockets will win this series and move on. The Denver Nuggets and the San Antonio Spurs, I kind of knew whoever got Denver, if they got to go against a veteran team, this would be the tough matchup with the, you know, against the Spurs. Denver has really no playoff experience. They haven't been here before. And, you know, it kind of showed that in that first game, the Spurs stole one. And that, to me, changed the series around. I think it will go six or seven games. I think eventually the Spurs will win this series with coaching and veteran leadership. Denver's a year early than what I expect them to be getting the second seed. I knew they'd be a playoff team. I didn't think they'd be a second seed in the West. 
I still think they are, you know, a little, about a year or two away. I got the Spurs winning this series in six or seven games. And in the 3-6 matchup, two teams I completely just don't know what I'm getting. Two teams I just don't trust at all. Who, to me, always, you know, underachieve Portland and Portland Trailblazers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Somebody has to win this series. I'm leaning towards Oklahoma City in six or seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if Portland wins this series. You can flip a coin with these two teams. It's, you know, two bipolar teams. You don't know what you're getting each day. They can beat anybody, but they also could lose to anybody. One of them got to get out the first round. I'm going to stick with the Thunder, even though, like I said, they drive me nuts sometimes playing down to the level of their competition. I'm going to stick with the Thunder to move on in the second round of the playoffs. So my second round matchups will be after I got Golden State beating the Clippers, I got Houston beating the Jazz, I got the Thunder beating the Trailblazers, and I got the Spurs beating the Nuggets. My second round matchups will be Warriors and Rockets, which should be a conference championship matchup, but it's the second round, and we got the Thunder and the Spurs. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Russell Wilson just signed the biggest contract in NFL history. Four years, $140 million, $65 million guaranteed to stay with the Seattle Seahawks. He has come a long way from that third-round pick. He's living his best life, and he ain't going back and forth with you. Y'all know the words. I think it was a good move by the Seahawks keeping Russell Wilson. To me, he has, you know, led that franchise for years. I think he's the reason they're still relevant. The reason they've won championships over the years. Don't get me wrong. They've had a great defense over the years. But I think he was the right quarterback to get them where they needed to be. He's one of those few quarterbacks that can actually, like, do more with less. Like, they didn't give him a good offensive line. Other than Marshawn Lynch, he really hasn't had a good running back. He's had average receivers, decent receivers. Doug Baldwin's a good receiver, but he's not a top 10 receiver. Never really had stability at the tight end position. Jimmy Graham, it seemed like that wasn't a great pickup. It seemed like he didn't kind of fit with what Seattle wanted to do. And I just think he's really, like, kept them afloat. Like they've had the great defense. Don't get me wrong, they've had the great defenses over the years. But I'm talking about offensively, he, they really haven't given him nothing to work with. I think he's earned every penny that he's got. And, I mean, he gave him a deadline, and they figured it out. They respected him. Because I think he kind of saved, like, Pete Carroll's coaching career. You know, Pete's first couple of seasons, he was 7-9 and in Seattle. And they were in trouble missing the playoffs again. They you know, was going to go with Matt Flynn, but they got lucky and found Russell Wilson in the third round. Nobody expected him to be this good. And he kind of turned that franchise around. He deserves everything he's getting. But now the challenge for Seattle is how are you going to put this a good team around him? Because he's making all this money. It's going to be hard 
to find grade A talent, you know, you're going to have to build through the draft. Seattle has been good at building through the draft, so that should be good also. But you're just going to have to go with young guys and build through the draft. He gave them a deadline, and they figured something out. I never thought it was rumors that he might want to get traded somewhere or, or go to the Giants. I never thought that was he seems like he's a loyal guy. He wants to stick it out with Seattle and continue to win there. That was just something that, you know, let's talk money here. Let's talk about this contract. I never thought it was anything to that. And, yeah, I think he deserves to be the highest paid player in the NFL. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's never had a losing record since he's been the quarterback in Seattle. This is his eighth straight year. He hasn't missed a game yet. He's just going to give it to you, every t- everything he got. He's going to run. He throws. He can do it all. There is no weakness, I believe, in Russell Wilson's game. I just think you got to get better pieces around him, a running back that's reliable, receivers that are reliable. I think Seattle should address a right receiver early in the draft, get Wilson a good number one receiver. Doug Baldwin seemed like he's breaking down. And, you know, I think he's the kind of guy that can carry you. I still think Seattle's going to be a good team. They're going to compete. I like this. Even though Russell Wilson, him and his lovely wife, family, they're going to stay in Seattle. And you talk about a come up from Russell Wilson. I mean, when we first seen this guy, he was like, you know, Steve Urkel. Now he's kind of got a little cockiness to him. He got his beautiful wife. He's calling the shots now. He turned into Stefan now. He's calling the shots. I want this deadline here. I'm the man. I've kind of saved this franchise. And I like it that I see a little growth in him. He's kind of speaking up now. He's not the shy, quiet guy that kind of just went with the flow. He had the veteran. He's the veteran on the team now. They got rid of all the loud mouth guys on defense, the Shermans and the Michael Bennett's. Marshawn Lynch is gone. Earl Thomas is gone. It's his team now. And you've kind of seen that last year. When nobody gave him a chance, nobody thought they would be a playoff team. He was the main main ingredient, the main piece in getting them into the playoffs. To me, really, like the only piece. That defense is average now, middle of the pack. Not the great defense he inherited when he came into the league. So he's the main guy. He They go as he goes. Now he can't have those bad games. Like, he don't have that defense to rely on it. So he has to bring it every every week. He's an MVP candidate, I think, the last two or three seasons just for even having them, you know, in competition with the lack of talent I feel like he has around him on offense. So I think he deserves everything he's getting. It's up to Seattle to put the right pieces around him. But I like the deal. Russell Wilson staying in Seattle. Magic Johnson has called it quits. He stepped down from basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers in less than two years. He said he wants to go back to having fun. He wants to mentor other players from other teams. He's tired of getting fined for tempering with other teams' players. He just wants to go back to being Magic Johnson, smiling, everybody loving him. Being able to hang out with his celebrity friends on yachts in Hawaii 
instead of, you know, jumping up in the middle of the night, have to go look at players they might want to draft and all that hard work that goes into being, you know, the president of basketball operations. And I get it. But I also feel like did Magic have as much control as he wanted when he took the job? Because they went and hired Kobe's agent, Rob Palenka, to be the GM. I don't know if Magic agreed with that. There's rumors Magic wanted to fire Palenka. But the genie bus, the owner, didn't want that to happen. He wanted to get rid of Luke Walton. I don't know if he had this, you know, gave she gave him her blessings to do that. So I think it was a kind of some frustration behind Magic stepping down. I don't know if he quite wanted to step down. I just don't think he had as much control as he wanted. And that might have led to him stepping down. And he just gives us this excuse like he just wants to go back to having fun. You know, he didn't tell her that he was stepping down. I guess he said he, she was going to try to talk him out of it. So he didn't want that. So he just came to the media and told them first. I didn't agree with the way Magic handled it. But the Lakers have been a joke for so many years now. And Magic's a winner. He probably just, you know, just doesn't like the way it's going. Him and Palinka both have no, you know, have no experience of putting a team together. So it's like two guys, neither one of them really have experience. They both probably disagreeing on things. I don't really think they really got along like that anyway. And it's kind of hard to not get along with Magic, but I don't know. And the Lakers in just a hole is just... I don't know what's going on. This is the sixth straight year they missed the playoffs. They just, them and Luke Walton have just agreed to go their separate ways. And you know it's getting bad when Luke Walton's like, I agree, I want to go too. They was going to fire him, but he's like, no, I, I read, let's just have agreement. Let's split apart. And he already had a job at the Sacramento Kings. He's already the new head coach for the Kings. I mean, you know it's getting pretty bad where I want to leave L.A., and go to the Sacramento Kings. The Lakers are a dysfunctional franchise right now. I don't know who to blame. I don't know what the problem is, but it needs to be fixed because LeBron James doesn't have four or five years for a rebuild. He wants to win now, and I think he's at the age of an, and the time of his career where he needs to win now. They need to go hit free agency hard. They need to find a new head coach. I don't know who they're talking about. Maybe Ty Lue. I think they're going to bring in Jawan Howard. You know, some some guys that have some kind of like link to LeBron James, I'm thinking. They're not going to go out that, out that box. They're going to go with somebody, I think, who has a link with LeBron James. That's the route they're going to go. I don't know if that's good or that's bad. But the Lakers have been so bad for so many years now. Who knows? They also need to go out and get one of these big free agents. I don't know if LeBron's going to go out there with them and try to do some interviews and help them out and try to get one of these guys to come help the Lakers out. But they needed some help, and they need it now. As far as Magic's position, I don't know if they're going to address that. They might, you know, leave it open. Nobody's going to have that job right now. I was hearing some rumors like Kobe might be interested, but then again, I don't know. I think he kind of enjoys being away from basketball. I'm pretty sure they still talk to him for advice, but I don't think he's interested in coming back and helping run the Lakers franchise. I wouldn't either. Just too much going on. 
seems like it's too many people in one pot. Like get one guy in there, let him control, do the hiring and firing, and quit getting your feelings. With Jeannie Buss, the owner of the team, seems like her feelings, if she likes you, like it's hard for her to let you go, even though it's hurting the franchise. She needs to get over that. I mean, they tried to beg her. She finally, you know, after years of just dysfunction, she finally was able to let go of her brother. So I feel like if you can fire your brother, you can get rid of anybody. I feel like it was more behind Magic quitting besides he wanted to go hang out with friends and be around family members more and help the NBA players mentor and do all that. It might be some truth into that. But I think it also was a lot of Jeannie Buss's feelings getting involved and not letting Magic Johnson do his job, fire the right people, bring the right people into the franchise. And that's what ultimately hurt the Lakers. Magic gone, Walton down the head coach in Sacramento. Palenka, Kobe's agent, is the general manager. The Lakers still in turmoil. LeBron doesn't have too many years left for this shit. Zion Williamson has declared for the NBA draft. The talk of the college basketball season, the freshman phenom player from Duke, college basketball player of the year, he has declared for the NBA draft. He will most likely be the number one pick. I think it's a good decision, the right thing to do. He's ready to get in the NBA. Maybe one of the best one-and-done players we've ever seen, at least the most hyped. You couldn't turn on ESPN or any other sports channel without seeing Zion dunk and what he did tonight and what's his favorite fruit and what's his favorite color. They just talked about this guy so much. It's going to put a little pressure on him, but I think he can handle it. I think he'll be ready for the next step, and that's the NBA. I would like to see him in a... Good situation, though. I don't want him to go to one of those teams that's a bad organization and we look up and, you know, Zion's irrelevant in the NBA. I would like to also see him in, like, a a good big market, like Chicago or New York. Somebody to, you know, get those teams back to being good and respectable. It's a lot of teams fighting for that number one spot. I don't know. We'll see how he handles the NBA. You know, guys out there are a lot stronger. Zion kind of bullied. He was a man against boys out there in college. Let's see how his game, you know, channels to the NBA, where he's got bigger, stronger guys, just as fast, just as strong. Can he handle that? He's a little undersized. We'll ask him to lose some weight. You know, he's about 280 pounds. So I don't know what what position will he play. I think he's going to be more of like an undersized power forward, kind of like a Draymond Green. You know, they're undersized power forward. That's kind of what the NBA is going with nowadays. You know, the upsides to, uh, it's four players I compare Zion to. And that's, I see a little Blake Griffin. I see a little Julius Randle. I see a little Zach Randolph. And I see a little Charles Barkley. Now, you know, the the highest ceiling would be if he, Charles Barkley's career. Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it. You know, the low ceiling, I think, is Julius Randle. Still a good, solid player, double-double guy. You know, maybe make a couple of all-stars here and there. I don't know if Zion would be kind of in the middle, like a Blake Griffin and a Zach Randolph. I think he'll be a good player. I don't see no bust at all. I don't think he'll be a bust. He's either going to be an all-star 
you know, or a really great player. That's what, that's what I think. And I look forward to seeing him playing in the NBA. Zion Williamson has declared for the draft. Thanks for joining me this week. I'll get back with y'all next time.